This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, SFFPL listeners, and welcome to Backlist to the Future, our bi-weekly installment of recommendations from the deep and sometimes dusty corners of science fiction and fantasy. Because one show every two weeks is just not enough to cover all the books we want to talk about. I'm Sharifa Williams, recording on September 23rd, and today I am talking about some cerebral reads. But before I tell you about my books, I'm going to talk about my sponsor for the day. And that is The Annual Migration of Clouds by Primi Mohammed. The Annual Migration of Clouds is a cli-fi apocalypse novella by author Primi Mohammed. It takes place in the distant future, after the climate crisis has entirely disrupted life as we know it, and a mysterious mind-controlling fungus has wormed its way through the scattered population. Reed, a young woman who carries this parasite, has been given a chance to move far away to study in one of the few communities sustained by pre-disaster technology. To support her family, Reed decides to take part in a foolhardy and dangerous mission. In this task, she must ask others to put great trust in her, but she can't easily separate her own thoughts from the parasite's will, making it difficult for her to even trust herself. So Primi Mohammed is an Indo-Caribbean scientist and a rising star in science fiction. Uh, Primi is actually a biologist working in the field of climate science, so the depiction of Reed's parasitic passengers is described as eerily plausible, which is frightening. So if you are looking for a book that shows the world moving forward after terrible hardships and reflecting upon the importance of community, our duty to take care of one another, and our collective ability to get through difficult times, you should definitely check out The Annual Migration of Clouds. Again, that's by Primi Mohammed. Okay, let's talk about some cerebral science fiction and fantasy reads, and actually both of my picks are pretty firmly speculative. Um, one of them is dystopian, and the other one is a little bit harder to define, I'd say. Uh, so what I mean when I say cerebral reads in this case is I was thinking a lot about books that kind of take you into the depths and that make you feel like you're housed in the characters' minds and books that even perhaps reshape your mind and... These books are less about the events themselves, but more about how the events of the story are perceived and how they affect a character's internal world, as well as our own internal world. Um, and both of these books made a big impact on me when I read them for the first time. And the first one is an iconic classic, one that has had an adaptation that has become iconic itself, and that's The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. So The Handmaid's Tale, as you might know already, is a dystopian novel. It's set in a near-future New England, um, and it covers a lot of terrifying things uh, that sometimes feel a little bit too likely. 
It definitely is a story that exposes and confronts patriarchy and religion, and there's this sort of theonomic state, which is known as the Republic of Gilead. And Gilead has overthrown the United States government in this story. And then we have the main character, Offred, who is a handmaid to a commander. She had a a before life and an afterlife. And she was, you know, living with her husband and her child um, and leading a normal life. And then Gilead happened, and that all changed in a terrible, terrible way. So Alfred is handmade to a commander, and she is really abused by the commander's wife, who is this, you know, what you would imagine, I guess, uh, you've seen religious personalities on television. So that sort of um, person, Serena Joy, was a former Christian media personality in The Handmaid's Tale. And so we have Serena Joy, we have the commander, and then we also have the secret police, which are called the Eyes of God. And women live under this militaristic rule where they have to do the bidding of the commanders and the people who are ruling in Gilead. And they also have no agency over their bodies and over their intellect. They're not allowed to read or write. They are basically property. And so Offred has a really miserable, miserable outlook Um, Her future does not look great. She is constantly thinking about her past life and the things she lost and also just trying to survive in this terrible new world. Um, And so there's a lot that happens in this story. And we're we're getting the story from Alfred's perspective and we're experiencing her internal struggles in Gilead. And so because we're so ensconced in Offred's interior world, we're almost experiencing these terrible harms that are enacted on her. It's really hard not to empathize with Offred in general because this is a terrible situation that, you know, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemies, but it puts you really squarely in her shoes when you read this story. And I think that's why There are a lot of reasons this book has become a classic and has become so iconic, but I think it it really exemplified and created more empathy and more resistance and more conversation around patriarchy um, than a lot of books had before. So it's a book that creates a lot of conversation. And I am more recently particularly interested in conversations about who is missing from the story. You know, black and brown people are are pretty invisible in the story itself. So it's a conversation starter, and it also very much puts you in Offred's world. It feels like you are in Offred's mind the whole time, 
and her very personal uh, machinations bring up these bigger philosophical and societal questions. And that's really, when I'm looking for these cerebral reads, it's it's very much about like they they tackle these bigger philosophies and these these big questions that can't be answered in any tidy in any tidy way. You really do need that internal struggle. You need a lot of questions and a lot of, um, you know, internal debate just to come up with your own stance and your own take and your own reading of the story. And so this this book spoke to me when I first read it, I believe in, I think it was after college, probably. I don't think I actually read this in school, but um, I think about it a lot. It's stayed with me. I find it haunting and terrifying. It is like a thing of my nightmares, but also has created a lot of um, internal dialogue. So my next story is Exit West by Mohsin Hamid. And this is another one that has left a lasting impact on me. And the story is centered around two people, Nadia and Saeed, who are very different. Saeed is uh, much more conservative. He's living a more traditional life, um, the life that is expected from his culture and place. Nadia is not that person. She's independent. She does not just go with what is ascribed to her. She doesn't um, She doesn't do things just because they are expected of her. So she's living a life that is very different from Saeed's, but they're thrown together during this rebellious uh, time. There's unrest in their city, and they're brought together when that unrest you know, overturns their entire lives. Um, Nadia, in particular, has a experience as a loss in her family, and she has to seek shelter with Saeed, but she doesn't want to marry him. She doesn't want to just, you know, she's in, they're falling in love with each other, but she doesn't necessarily want to do the thing that's expected because that's just not her. Um, but the the couple learn about this these portals, these doors that can take them to other places away from this unrest, somewhere safe. And so Nadia and Saeed go on this journey together. And not only is it just about their survival, it's about this relationship that's developing between them and folding and unfolding. It's this sort of slipstream tale. It has hints of magic because of these portals, but it's it's a story that goes beyond just this magical element, um, this bit of unreality that takes them on this really extraordinary journey. And there's this ambiguity around setting and timeline that's a little bit disorienting. But the story isn't so much about time and place. It is about this this situation. It's about being drawn into the intimate fold of Nadia and Saeed's unstable and unpredictable life together. And it's this story 
about these really big events that, as you might imagine, have a lot of parallels to things that have happened, will happen, are happening in our lived reality. Um, So it's a story about these big events, but it's framed by the folding and unfolding of a relationship. And this story poses these bigger societal questions as well about refugees and immigration. And I was thinking about this book in particular when I came up with this theme because it is super timely and, you know, it came to mind uh, very recently and made me think about how it left a lasting impact on me and how I think about it all the time and still, you know, wonder about the questions it posed, I think about them and, you know, I try to answer them in my head and, you know, not always successfully. But this book really left me staring at the wall in awe of this story and how beautifully it was told and how these two characters seemed so realized and so real. And it left me in awe as well because it gave me a deeper perspective on immigration. And, you know, even when you feel like you know all about a subject and you feel for the people who are the victims of so many of the world's struggles, there's always something new to learn. And this book really taught me something new and continues to, even though I I finished it a long time ago. So it's a wonderful story. Highly recommend it. And again, that was Exit West by Mohsin Hamid. And before that, I was talking about The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. And that was it. SFF Yeah is sound edited by Natalie Baker. Many thanks to them for making us sound great each and every episode. Thank you for listening. You can email us at sffyeah at bookriot.com. And if you have a moment, please review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find us, and we love to hear from you as well. You can find me online, uh, where I've been toying with book talk a little bit, but I am on Instagram at Williams. That's S-Z-A-I-N-A-B Williams. And thanks for listening. Thank you.